if you are on trial, would there be enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? And it's just that idea of, are you actually living and talking in a way that people would know your identity from your words and from your actions? And so putting yourself in that place of Jesus of being on trial. Like, am I actually willing to say in different situations that I am a Christian, I am a Catholic? Like, just to flat out say it, because a lot of times in society, it can be really hard to actually even admit that. Welcome back, everybody, to Baldoco. I'm Vicky. I'm Paul Steve. I'm Amy. Welcome back. Week two. Week two. So if you are just joining us for the first time, I know people jump in and out of podcasts, but this is a Lenten season journey with the scriptural ways of the way of the cross. So last week we did uh, stations one and two, and this week we are doing stations three and four, and just trying to journey together this Lenten season uh, towards Easter, but to really take scripture and the journey of Jesus through the scriptural way across that uh, St. John Paul II put together. Okay, so before we have uh, Amy read uh, stations three and four, um, we'll just pray uh, quickly. God of power and mercy, in love you set your son that we might be cleansed of sin and live with you forever. Bless us as we gather to reflect on his suffering and death, that we may learn from his example the way we should go. We ask this through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The third station, Jesus is condemned by the Sanhedrin. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because Because by by your holy holy cross cross, you have have redeemed redeemed the world. When day came, the council of elders of the people met, both chief priests and scribes, And they brought him before the Sanhedrin. They said, If you are the Messiah, tell us. But he replied to them, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I question, you will not respond. But from this time on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. They all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further need have we for testimony? We have heard it from his own mouth. The fourth station, Jesus is denied by Peter. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. One of the maids came over to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of everyone, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. As he went out to the gate, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came over and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them. Even your speech gives you away. At that, he began to curse and to swear. I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and began to weep bitterly. All right, stations three and four. Again, just trying to enter into this this story that we've heard so many times. Um, but hopefully this Lent can be something new as always. Our God is ever new, so hopefully being able to enter into this, this scripture uh, would be good. And for me, when I was listening to that, the two words that struck out to me were, were if and believe. Um, that idea, if you are the Messiah, and always that question. And I think in our society, and me especially, like I always struggle, like, what if that's not true or if all of these kind of uh, doubts, you know, and, and just it can be paralyzing. Like that word if could really be paralyzing uh, because we, we're unsure, there's uncertainty, 
or there's doubt and that could just really cause us not to believe or cause us not to move or really we could have God right in front of us as we have here with, with the Sanhedrin and everybody there. Like everything, our salvation is right there. Jesus is right there. God is in our presence. Grace is there. Everything that we need is right there. And then that word, if, what if that's not him? And it can just be completely paralyzed and then we can go the opposite way. And, uh, and then obviously we know what's going to happen next, but we kind of sit with that. Um, for me, I, I, I find a lot of the condemnation that I do or that we receive a lot of times it's, it's doubting, doubting what's in front of us or I don't know, confusing the real and the unreal or false expectations, or there's a lot of different things that, that happen with that. For me, that word, if, um, and then the fact that after that comes disbelief or, uh, or doubts and, and how we can do that with God, but we can do that with each other. I can do that with my community members. What if he did that against me? Like there's all these questions that go in my head that can cause me to conversations in my head. And once I stay in my head, it, it can go really into the wrong direction. So um, it just really jumped out of me when I was, when I was listening to the being read. Uh, for me, it was um, that almost this, like Jesus answered anyways. So he said that line, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I question, you will not respond. But from this time on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And that, like, this truth works for and against Jesus. Like, with this, he's, like, absolutely going to be condemned. But it's, like, the last time Jesus tells us, like, exactly who he is. Um, and I think that's really, it's just beautiful. Like, it's, like, the truth, right, that is condemning him. Um, and then that word, like, to be condemned, I guess for me, it's like, do we, do I do this or do we do this or am I condemned um, by other people? And I think for me, it feels uh, just like relevant because I think it's hard to, to speak with people, right? Without what Father C was saying, like already the assumption, but also that now when you see it, I think a lot on TV, um, in news of like people ask a question, almost like waiting, like waiting for the answer that they can then condemn. Um, and so the same thing, and I'm sure that can happen in our everyday life of that you're asked a question or you ask a question and you're already ready on the defensive. Um, so no matter how open your tone is or maybe how not, you know, your, your tone is already, you're guarded, um, that sometimes it doesn't matter. Like sometimes people are just looking to jump right on there without listening or for you, you are ready to like jump without listening. Um, and I think that's a really good call out that, that Jesus offers us, especially like when he knows what the consequence is going to be. Like he's going to die. No matter what he says is what he's saying, you're going to die. Right. And like that can happen maybe again, like not as severe as like, we're going to, we're going to encounter death, but maybe that's the end of a friendship. Maybe that's the end of a relationship. Maybe there's a brokenness there that, that, that can't be, that can't come, you can't come back from because the person's not listening, right? And I think that's what we're really seeing for me, especially like just they weren't listening. You know, they, they, what Father was saying, right? They didn't believe in what they were seeing. They're, they were letting the if take control of that moment. Um, yeah, so for me, that just really stood out, that idea of like he already knew and he responded <laughs> in such a way that like it didn't matter how he answered, but it was gonna, it was gonna affect him either way. And then the part that stuck out for me was, what further need have we for testimony? We have heard it from his own mouth. And so growing up, my mom, I don't know who she was quoting, but she was referencing someone else, would always give the example of, 
if you are on trial, would there be enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? And it's just that idea of, are you actually living and talking in a way that people would know your identity from your words and from your actions? And so putting yourself in that place of Jesus of being on trial and them trying to, you know, accuse him of these things and, you know, different things that people had heard and seen and trying to get testimonies to match up. And then Jesus is willing to say the words himself, like, you know, referencing the son of man and the power um, being seated next to God. He's willing to say all of those things. And so just calling like, am I actually willing to say in different situations that I am a Christian, I am a Catholic? Like, just to flat out say it, because a lot of times in society, it can be really hard to actually even admit that. And like, that can be a bold choice sometimes to say that I am, that I am Christian, I am Catholic. But then also, is that the only thing that would quote unquote convict me of being a Christian is that I'm, I'm saying it with my lips. But am I actually living out that way? Would people actually be able to cite examples from my life and be like, oh, you're a Christian. Like, I, I could see that because you were doing this and that's very different from the way a person would normally react in that situation. And this makes a lot of sense that you're saying that. Or would they be like, she's a Christian? <laughs> um, and so just that, that idea of, of being convicted of, of what we're actually doing and saying and and having it all lend itself to then would the Sanhedrin be able to actually convict me of being a Christian or would they just say she's not a nuisance she's easy she goes with the flow she doesn't question anything she's not calling us to be true to God she's not calling us to be true to the word like she's easy we don't have enough to convict her for me it transitions again into the second one, the next one, the fourth station, all that, because I was also praying about this. This man was with Jesus the Nazarene, and how that could be taken out of context. Like you could, you could read that as this man was with Jesus the Nazarene, and it's like a joyful thing. It could be not a condemnation. Yeah. It could be like, and that's how it used to be when Jesus was popular and everything was going well. They're like, yeah, I am with Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> I am the guy who's with the guy who's healing everybody, and everything's good. There's popularity and power, and like. I'm feeling good about myself, and I am, yes, 100% with Jesus. And then in this moment, no, this man was with Jesus the Nazarene, becomes as, like a condemnation, um, and then it leads to Jesus, uh, Peter's denial. Yeah. So I think the exact same thing you were saying. You know, it's not always easy to stand up and say, okay, I'm a Christian, and then to live actually in that way, um, kind of that unusual way, right? Jesus is calling us to a, a different kind of way of life, and sometimes very radical and sometimes very... I don't know, I guess we always say like countercultural or whatever, but just in a way that makes people stop and say like, why did you do that? Or, okay, love your enemies, live in a simple way, all of these things. Um, but when, you know, when somebody says that man is with Jesus, what is that, like what emotions is that? Is that like, I'm going to hide, I feel shame, I'm embarrassed, am I proud, am I, you know, do I accept that? Because um, I think it can be read, like out of context, it can be read both ways. And mm -hmm. I think Peter probably would have felt that the two differences no like that feeling of yes and the feeding of the thousands okay yeah i am with jesus of nazareth and that guy has got power and i'm i am proud to say that i am i am his friend and then here that man was with jesus and there's shame denial embarrassment uh, fear whatever it is i think on a day-to-day -day basis we can feel both you know it's something natural it's normal to go the ups and downs in, in certain situations but 
when I am living this faith and I, I know my faith and I love my faith and, and I know that it's not easy, that I can't accept um, you know, kind of the accusation that this man is a Christian, this man is with Jesus, and then and not run from that. Uh, and I think that's, it takes time. It takes time, and, but this is where I want to be. You know, I want to be the one who, who stays and not, and not runs and doesn't deny. But that's part of Lent. That's the journey of Lent to hopefully with grace you get there so that we can become more and more like the one who stays. Uh, for for me, um, what originally had stood out was the when that he began to curse and to swear, um, and to me, like reading it, um, it was like when you get caught in a lie and you're like, no, 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 I like, I promise, like that's not what it is, like whatever, and you're trying to like almost like this like backpedal, and you're like, no, 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 <laughs> but you know, like you know, like you've been caught and that's it, and it's almost like okay, the like the cock crowing is like is like what happens inside when you're like, oh, I did lie. Like that was what I ended up being and like who I, whatever, what I like showed out to other people. Because when you go, when you go to the beginning of like, but he denied it in front of everyone. Like, I don't know the detail of that word, everyone. Like that's wild. That is wild because it doesn't even say that there's a crowd. Like, okay, the maids came over to him, whatever, and said it. And to everyone like that, that it, like what Amy was saying, like, is it going to be easy? No. Like Father Steve said the same thing. Like it's not going to be easy, but just like that it, it, that is what comes out. And like, why is that what naturally comes out of like, no, no, I don't believe in that. No, 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 no. Like that is a little hard. Okay. That is, that goes against like the social norm. Okay. That is whatever. And so it's so easy to just like, even the stay quiet is a denial. Like, and that is the hardest thing for me. I'm like, oh God, I'm like, I actually need to say something. Like, and you know, whatever. There's prudence. There's a time and place for everything. You know, if you feel like you can't say it in a way that's like, again, I think they'll like bring people to life and you're not like, whatever. You can't say it in a way that that's good. Yes, don't say it. I think there's already enough like issue and drama with a lot of stuff. But I think even just like, yeah, just that's so big, that denial in front of everyone. Um, but also like a little, I don't know, like this idea of like Peter came back, right? And there was there was reconciliation like later on. And like Peter is the rock of our church, right? The the Here, our earthly church, like, you know, the, the church of Peter, all of this stuff, like amazing, amazing that, you know, what a good example of you can deny and, and turn your life around. And like God still has plans, like even in your denial even in like the brokenness even in like this like fragmented piece of of like how he how he lived for a moment but that fear like is so strong like the fear can break you and there you are living fragmented because it's scary because it's hard because you feel alone because whatever and so maybe you have your church friends or you have your like Salesian family friends and then you have your other set of friends that like are not on that side and I think many people do um but even I think just the practice of trying to be yourself everywhere, talking the same as much as you can everywhere, like really trying to be authentic to who you are, figure that out um, and practice. And, and, you know, it doesn't need, not everything needs to become a theological debate, but just like the way that you talk says a lot about you. I think the way that you talk about hard things says a lot about you um, and like how you support people when they are going through a difficult moment says a lot. Um, and so I think just the encouragement of not allowing that fear to like 
take over, but also understanding that there's a, there's redemption, right? Like Peter, like there's redemption in, in even being like broken and denying Jesus when he told you you would deny him. You're going to, you're going to deny me, but we're, we'll figure it out, you know? Um, yeah. And then what stuck out for me for the station um, was a lot in line with what Vicky, like kind of the initial thought process of that, of the oath and the, the cursing and swearing. So um, Peter is not just saying, I don't know him and walking away. And he's not even just saying, I don't know him three times. But in this translation, there's exclamation points. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the man. Like I said, there's they're saying oaths, curses, swears. He's saying this passionately. He's getting upset. Um, he's not just kind of a little bit doing the wrong thing. He he knows he shouldn't be swearing oaths or anything like that. So he's going all the way down um, this rabbit hole. But then what really struck me was the phrase, then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Um, and he has this association with the cock growing. It triggers this for him. He remembers the words because Jesus had said before the cock throws three times. So he had that association with this thing that brought him back. Um, and he remembered God's word to him. And then he allowed that word to soften his heart. And that for me is like there's this buildup of this animation and dramatics and anger and frustration and probably, you know, fear, sorrow, everything, uncertainty. There's this buildup and he's releasing it all. And then this one thing happens and it just clicks into place for him and he allows it to. Um, and then that's when it says that he went out and began to weep bitterly, but it's only because he allowed this moment to soften him. And so for me, it's just that choice of, do I let God's word in? Do I have certain things in my life that remind me and call me back to God's word? Um, do I have things where I'm like, when I do this action or when I hear this thing, like, this is going to be an, a mental association for me to return to God. And so it doesn't matter what's happening in my life, if it's good things or bad things, but to build up that habit um, so that when a moment happens, I am not just going further and further into this lie, into this anger, into this frustration, but to allow then to actually have true remorse, to actually have contrition um, in like a really like a way that actually touches my heart, not just forgive me, Father, for I have sinned because this is what I'm supposed to say and so I'm going to say these words, but like to actually feel those words, to actually go to confession out of a love for God um, and wanting to say, I am so sorry and this actually tears me apart that I did this to you. So like that real true conversion in that moment that Peter could have just said, oh, man, I really messed up and then moved on with his day or been like, tell someone else and just kind of like be a little upset, but like to actually feel it as deeply as he did. Like, I hope that that's something that when I go to moments of confession, when I go to moments of prayer, like I can start to encapsulate more into my life. Yeah. Um, so that, what you, what you just finished with reminds me again, the conference from a few weeks ago. Um, there was a conversation on the, like, I confess to almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters that I have greatly sinned. Right. And, that idea that, okay, like, we have reconciliation, beautiful gift, right? Um, but, I like, sharing some of your, like, sin with the people around you, um, 
so that you can grow, right? Because I think that's, um, that's the blessing of having Father Steve talk about not like what he hears in confession directly, you're safe, but um, just like, you know, there's a theme, right? Or like even just like whatever, like listening to other priests that it's repetitive, right? That people say the same thing. I think if you have, if you're like a, a regular, you regularly go, to, regularly go to confession, I'm sure you can find your own pattern. Um, like I know I can, but like saying I'm struggling with this out loud to other people, not only as like, I'm sorry for doing this to you, but also I think of like being accountable to what you did. Like Peter couldn't hide the denial. Like he did it three times in front of people, not just like, okay, in his heart that he denied Jesus or like Jesus asked him to do something and he denied him and only him and Jesus knew, but everyone knew. Um, and I think sometimes not that confession is easy, but like, it's just between you and God, you know, and that's wonderful. But if you never, I think, own up to what you're doing, um, to other people, like sometimes it's good. Like, that's why we need community. That's why we need to be with other people. That's why, and not everyone, again, I think that's like the, uh, a lesson on vulnerability and, and who you can share things with and what's appropriate and, and good boundaries and people that really have your best interests in mind and, and that can really hold you in a way that's not like judgmental. I think that's really important. But like allowing people to know that that side of you so that you can actually grow. So you can question things out loud and and say, does that make sense? Like, am I doing something here? Like it that one was me. Okay, no, this one was something else. Like whatever. Like I think that real discernment that can happen like in community with other people. Like Peter had that that ability because other people knew of how he felt, you know, like he could, he could have denied Jesus one more time. You know what I mean? Like without the recognition of like it happening in front of, in front of other people, he could have been like, Oh, that was just a random crowing, whatever. Like that just, that's just what happened. How strange, you know, whatever. But you know, he wasn't alone. And like, that's a good thing, you know, like so that you're, when you do go to reconciliation, you really can fully like confess your sins. And I think that wholehearted, like, I really am like resolved to do better next time. Like, so hopefully when you go to confession the next time, you don't have to say it. Okay, maybe in the next three times you do, it comes up, whatever you slipped, it was hard. But that you really are trying to change. Like, I know how I need to change. And I think if I invited people into some of that, like where I could be accompanied, that would be better, you know? Yeah, and I think also... Like it depends on the relationship beforehand. Yeah, I think Peter felt so badly and he w wept bitterly because there was great love, there was a beautiful yeah. friendship. Because um, I can tell, as a priest, I know I can really tell when there's a confession coming and there's no relationship behind it. That they're just kind of going through the motions, or there's something. Maybe there's good intention, but there's just a lack of yeah. like a prayer life. There's a lack of a, a friendship with Jesus. There's a lack of real um, like a faith life. It's kind of especially sometimes with our young people, like they, in our schools, we have designated times when they go to confession, mm -hmm. right? And I can tell they're kind of just going through the motions and, and okay, maybe grace obviously works and it's there, it's a sacrament, um, but there's got to be real resolve. And I think there can only be real resolve if, if I know that I'm offending a person, that I'm yeah. breaking like a relationship with a person, that there's a friendship there. And so a lot of, a lot of that matters of what we're doing all the other times, you know? So, Peter obviously loved Jesus and he walked and he, and he wanted to do the best and he was there those three years and there was great, great love and a, a deep friendship. And so 
recognizing, finally seeing and remembering. Like I love what, what Amy was saying about that remembering and, and how that really changed for him. Um, but it hit him so hard because he knew that he broke a friendship. Like he knew that there was uh, a divide now. And that, I mean, for me, always going back to that image of the Passion of the Christ in that movie, um, when when Jesus is like being led away and Jeff's a- after the denial and like they, they make eye contact and Peter knows, right? He knows how much Jesus loves him and he knows how much he wants to love Jesus, um, but he just denied him and how... Sometimes these moments can lead to, to conversion, right? And then you see Peter coming back um, and these things. So I think this is why Lent is so important for us because it helps us to do the work surrounding, like the rest of the work that we need, need to do to have a good friendship with, with Jesus, to have mm-hmm. a good relationship and a good prayer life. And um, that's how we're going to start to make good confessions because we're going to, the more we pray, the more we're going to see what needs to be changed or the more we're going to see what needs to to be adapted or moved uh, in order to have a better friendship. So I think just recognizing that uh, Lent and, and just our faith in general helps us to, um, to really look at ourselves honestly. And I think that's another huge point, you know, this denial. He's lying. You know? So just really trying to be honest with ourselves, with God, um, and, then, and doing the, the small things well so that we can have a really good friendship a really good relationship with with our god and life that comes from there you know that's that's what's promised us you know, it's abundant life so um, abundant life i know i say it all, I say it all the time <laughs> it was good. it's okay beautiful challenges Amen. so yeah some practical things again just finish off with uh like a challenge for this week or uh, a practicality something where we can really something tangible that we can take with us so within the next seven days, I want to go to confession. Amen. And I want to have a good, really speaking from the heart confession. And that doesn't mean that I have to start weeping bitterly. <laughs> but to just really speak the words that I'm saying from the heart. Yeah, for me, I guess it's it's still a continuation from last. Uh, I guess it's kind of cheating. But just this, uh, last week we, we spoke about uh, watching and praying. You know? And so for me, it's... It's just recognizing just the honesty there because I know there's a lot of shortcuts and there's a lot of times where I can just kind of like close my eyes, you know, and, and in those little ways I'm kind of denying small denials of, of recognizing that I rationalize, I make excuses, I take shortcuts. So just trying to really be honest in my, in the little ways that I deny my faith or the little denies, you know, the, the discipline that I'm supposed to be doing or the prayer life that I'm supposed to be living. Um, there's so many opportunities where you can kind of take shortcuts or so just continue with this watch and pray, but uh, just to be more honest with, with where I'm taking those shortcuts and those little denials. Uh, for me, I think it's, yeah, from what you guys had both said, I think of like a really, like a friend, like a real friendship, right? Coming um, to prayer in a place of like growing in a relationship, which usually, I think just being more intentional about it, because that's the way that I like to think of like my own prayer life. But just, yeah, coming to that attention of like, you know, there's something here and doing that, yeah, on purpose, not just like, okay, that's what I want it to be, <laughs> but um, that it's real, you know? So, yeah, just really the intentional intentional prayer to a friend with a friend, yeah. Amen. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Keep going. Keep going. Lent is beautiful. Not always easy, but it is beautiful. Right, Amy? Beautiful and easy. <laughs> and all wonderful, great adjectives that can be used. Lent is easy. Not a desert. We'll 
it's because um, of the grace. I was telling Father Steve that. Yeah. Like, there's just, an, I'm pretty sure I said this 18 times last Lent, too, during the podcast. But, like, the graces. Yeah. Like, there's there's graces that help you do things during Lent that you can't do. Like, you could do, but, like, just really that the graces come where it's like, I probably could not do this during the regular, you know, seasons yeah. of the church. And you're just really able to do these incredible things if you just really lean into that grace, lean into that faith that God is going to give you the grace that you need to get through the hard things that are happening during this time or the hard disciplines that you're trying to pick up. Yeah. That's it. So keep going. Solidarity. Solidarity. We'll yeah, do it in together. community. Yeah, <laughs> but Never I think, walk alone. but in community, like Jesus is also making a journey, right? And we get to like see the journey unfold. And so it's like graces of solidarity, even with Jesus lots of years ago. Mm-hmm. Let's go hang out. Let's go hang out with Jesus. He makes his journey. Let's go. <laughs> Stop. Let's pray. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your presence. Uh, we ask for your grace, uh, but help us to, to respond and help us to live it day by day. Uh, by your death and resurrection, uh, you gave us life. And help us to live that life. Help us to receive that life. Help us to give that life to others, that we may be good witnesses, that we may be honest and open, and, and to really stand by you as you stand by us. You are always present to us. Help us to be present with you. We love you. We thank you. We bless you. And we ask all this in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. Mary, help of Christians. Pray for us. St. John Bosco. Pray for us. St. Mary Mazzarello. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Shout out to the sisters. Forgot her last name. My bad. Love the sisters. <laughs> All right, everybody. So we'll see you next week. Keep going. Um, you got this together. 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 Salute family. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.